Have you ever been walking through life and believed that God had led you down a particular path and then you begin to walk that path and then go, God, this is not what I expected. And maybe you wondered why God allowed you to make the decisions you had that led you to walking that path. I remember Leanne and I leaving one ministry in our lives and going to another, not this one, okay, just to be clear. And within a month, I was thinking, God, why did you, why did you do this? You know, I had people in my office screaming at me, and, and, and that was just my staff, and it, it got worse from there, okay? And, and I really did think, God, I mean, we, we thought we were doing exactly what you wanted us to do. We thought this was a door that you had opened and made clear to us that you wanted us to make this move, and so far has been miserable. So why did you do that? Maybe you've been there. Maybe you know what that looks like. Maybe you've taken a job somewhere along the way and you left a job that, that was you know, a good experience, a good thing, but you thought you were leaving for something better and it didn't take long until you recognized it was not better. In fact, it was far worse. And you wondered, God, why did you allow this to happen? Why did you put me in this position? Maybe it was a relationship. And you walked through the door of that relationship and you got close to someone and maybe it was a friendship, maybe it was a marriage. And you got into it and realized this is not what I thought it was going to be. And this person is destroying me and you, think, you were thinking, God, why did you let this happen? Today I want us to think a little bit about that because there are times in life when we look back and, and we ask God some questions, God, why did you allow this to happen? God, why, why did you not put me in the place that my friend, I mean, they have it so much better. Their relationship is better. Their finances are better. Their job's better. Their children are better. Their parents are better. Whatever it is, God, why didn't you give me the advantages that they have? Why didn't you put me in that position? God, it doesn't seem fair, right? It doesn't seem fair. And so we question God and we wonder why we're in the position that we're in. And it's a valid question. And it's worth exploring. And today I want us to do just that. And to do that, we're going to continue in this study of the book of James that we're calling Talk is Cheap. And we're thinking through this book in which James really examines, okay, on a really practical level, what does it mean to live as a follower of Jesus? and really interact with people and live in the world and, and do the stuff that people do, what does it mean if you're a Christian and you're, you're trying to navigate through all that stuff? And James gives us really practical advice for doing that. And, and we're coming to the end of our study. Next week will be the last of those. So again, continue to read through the book of James. Such practical wisdom for us as we live as Christians. And you know what's interesting to me is, James wrote to Christians in the first century, Jewish, Jewish Christians in the first century. And it's amazing how human nature, and in some ways the world, as much as the world has changed, the problems are still pretty similar. And so James's words are amazingly applicable to us 2,000 years later. We can take what James said and apply it to life in the 21st century in the United States of America. And so today, we're thinking about questions that they were thinking about in the first century. 
Because as James wrote to these early Christians, one of the things that they're dealing with is, why does God allow some of the stuff He allows to happen? Why is our life sometimes so difficult? Because it seems that James is writing mostly to Christians who have had some real difficulty. At the very least, the, the Christians that James write to seem to be poor. Among the poorest ranks of the culture. And so their life was difficult just because of their poverty. And, and it seems that James is answering the question, okay, we've lived this life in poverty. What's next? Is God going to take care of us in eternity? And some of them had gone even further than that. Some of these Christians were facing real persecution. Because among the Jewish leaders, remember these are Jewish Christians, sort of set apart from all the other Jews, and, and some of the Jewish leaders didn't like this group of people. And they made life difficult. They cast them out of the culture, cast them out of the society, of their community, and they're left alone. Some of them arrested, some of them killed. And they seem to be asking the questions, hey, we're, we're the people who are following God. We're the people who are trying to do what's right. Why is it God taking care of us the way we expect Him to, the way we want Him to? Why is bad stuff happening to us even though we're trying to do the right thing? And so in James chapter 5, James is dealing with that set of questions. And he writes these words as we begin this section. James chapter 5, beginning in verse 7. James says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. James says, as we face life and face the fact that life is not always easy, that's just the way it is. There's going to be moments that are difficult. As we walk through life, that is sometimes difficult. We've got to be patient. And that's not a word that we love so much, is it? There were people who were ready to leave this morning when they saw the title of the sermon in the bulletin, okay? I said it might be a little different than you expect. But here's James telling us to be patient. To wait. Because God has more in store. God has something prepared for us. Yes, life may be difficult. And God doesn't necessarily say, I'm going to solve all your problems in this life, but God is pointing forward to something else. God is saying there is something yet to come. And it is greater, it is more powerful, and it is way more important than anything you're experiencing in the present. And so, be patient until the coming of the Lord. Jesus is going to come back. Whatever we experience in this life is not the end, including death itself. And we see the promises all over Scripture of Jesus returning and even the dead being raised. Resurrection. God has more in store than whatever you're experiencing today. And so some of you came today hurting. Some of you walked in this room this morning and your hearts were heavy and you walked through the building and tried to smile and pretend everything's fine and yet your heart was very heavy. James's message to us, even though it doesn't solve all the problems, is be patient because there is more in store. 
So it's a little bit like a farmer who's got to wait. Now, I'm not a farmer. Some of you are. But from what you tell me, there's a fair amount of waiting involved in farming, right? There are some things you just can't force. There are some things you can't make happen when you want them to happen. And James is telling us life is a little bit like that. There are some things we just can't make happen. We have to wait. One of those is Jesus returning. Now, James is writing to these Christians in the first century, and they were expecting Jesus to return. They knew the promises that Jesus had made. And my guess is some of them are saying, okay, well, where is he? And James is saying to them, and to us, 2,000 years later, be patient. You've got to wait. Because this is all in God's timing, not in our timing. The next verse takes that just a little bit further. He says, again, you also be patient. It shows up again and again, and not just in this section in the book of James, but all the way through the book of James. You also be patient. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Now, there's lots of things going on there. One of them is this, this word, establish your heart. Make your heart firm. In other words, put yourself on firm ground. And the way we do that is trust in the promises of God. Because there's lots of stuff in this life that is fleeting. Lots of stuff in this life that is unshaky. Things that are out of our control. Things that, that destroy us, it seems like. And James is saying that's not where you get your firm footing. You get your firm footing in being patient on the coming of the Lord. And then he says, it is at hand. And then some of us go, well, hang on here, James. 2,000 years? I thought it was at hand. If the coming of Jesus was at hand, shouldn't it have already happened? Well, when he says that, it's more than just the word soon. Okay? It's more like this. Let's say that there's someone standing in the foyer. They could be in this room almost immediately, couldn't they? Open the door, walk in. It's sort of like that with Jesus. Jesus, Jesus could come any moment. He could come quickly. In other words, there doesn't have to be some long preparation or process as soon as God says go, he goes. And so, 2,000 years have passed, and yet Jesus is at hand. It could happen any time. It could happen today. It could happen 2,000 years from now. We don't know. We're told Jesus doesn't know. And yet, James's core message is not about timing. It's about our hearts. It's about being patient as we wait being built up firm on those promises that God has made. Now, let's skip down to verse 10. He says, as an example of suffering and patience, which is what he's calling them to do in the midst of their suffering, to be patient. Brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. 
You know, it hasn't been that long ago we actually studied the book of Job. Sort of did it all in one Sunday and thought about the message there. Of Here's a man who is really righteous. A man who's trying to do what God has called him to do. And to be the right kind of father and husband and boss and all those things. And his life just sort of falls apart. And part of the message that we learn from a person like Job is to be patient. That God is not forgotten. And that was true for the prophets as well. Here's the prophets, the people called by God to be His spokesmen. The ones who are supposed to go to the kings and the leaders of Israel and to the people of Israel and speak the message of God, which often was, you're in the wrong place. You need to get in the right place. You need to change the way you're living. And how did the people respond? Oftentimes, they they tried to stone them. Tried to kill them. God says, even in the face of that, Be patient. Be steadfast. Be firm. Set your hearts on what is firm. The message for us, as we think about this passage, and think about facing the the difficulties of life, is very simple. God won't forget you. So that means if you came in this room today, hurting about a relationship, hurting about a sickness, a health crisis, a financial crisis, whatever it is, God's not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. And He's not going to forget you. He's going to be present right in the midst of that. Now, I think we take that overarching theme and think about the fact that God has not forgotten us and and His promises are still firm. He's still at work. We're still looking for the return of Jesus. But even in the midst of this time, God is present and active in our world. He is at hand just as the coming of the Lord is at hand. And so, part of the message here is we can be confident in the present. We can know that God is present with us even now. That God is at work with us in our lives, even in the midst of crisis, or at times when life seems like it's going so well. So we are confident, we can be confident, in the present, in the now. Why? Because at the very least, we know God is present. God is with us. He won't forget you. And so as we walk through the troubles of life, we know that God is there to strengthen us. We know that God is there to carry us through. We know that and when we face those difficulties, the strength to get through it, the strength to endure, to persevere, which are words that are oftentimes paired with patience in the book of James, that that strength doesn't all have to come from within me. And that's a good thing, right? It's good for me to know that because I know there are times when I'm weak. I know there are times when I don't handle all of that very well. But God is there. And God provides the strength that I don't have in the moments when I need it the most. And that promise is there not just for me, but for all of us. And so we can be confident in the present that That God is at work. Now, again, He doesn't promise to sort of solve all of our problems magically. But He is at work. And we can look back in our lives and see how God is at work. There are times when we don't understand just what God is doing or has done. And then there are times when we get just a little more perspective 
And we look back and say, oh, that was why. That was why. Because of what I grew through, not just what I lived through. Because of the people that God put me, like he put me in their path and they strengthened me. Or I had the opportunity to minister to them in a way that I wouldn't have if God had not led me down that path. And sometimes that perspective takes months, years, decades to gain. We can be confident in the present and we can be confident in the future because we know that God has not stopped working. We know because of the promises that we see in the writings of James, in the writings of Paul, in the writings of John in the New Testament, and in the words of Jesus, that there is more in store. Our suffering in this world, whether it's mild or it is really severe, that's not the end. We know that Jesus will return, that he is coming back. And that there's eternity for us to live in in which we're going to serve Him and worship Him in all that we do. That we're going to be present with God in a way that we don't understand today. So whatever we're going through right now, and it's temporary, it will not last forever. And so we can look for a time when Jesus will come back and fulfill all the promises that He's given us. Now, Here's the thing for us today. Life's not easy. Okay, that's it's not a popular message, is it? I mean, if you came here to feel better, you don't want me to say that, right? And yet, it's the truth. We know that life is not easy. But what we also know is we can get through it if we depend on the one who has more strength than we do, and we depend on the one who always keeps his promises. And he's promised us, this is not the end. There is more. Let's pray together. God, we're so thankful that in our joy and in our suffering, we know you don't forget us. God, we rejoice in that. We praise you for that. We worship you for that this morning. And God, we depend on those promises. And God, we pray that today you will strengthen us with the promises that you've made. And so we can stand firm. We can endure. We can be patient in the midst of whatever comes our way. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.